0: If you brought your Bibles and you want to read along with us this morning. Our scripture reading this morning is going to come from the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And we may turn some other places in just a little bit. But uh, that's what we're going to take for a scripture reading uh, this morning. And it comes from a portion of our Sunday school lesson. uh, If you saw that here this morning. Um, And I began to ponder these things about... Uh, the Lord's eyes, Um, and that's what I want you to think about this morning is the Lord's eyes. I could have come in this morning and told you there's good news and bad news. The good news is God sees everything. The bad news is God sees everything. But I don't know that I would necessarily call that bad news. For a lot of people feel like it is bad news, for the Lord's eyes can see all things. But folks, the good news is the Lord sees all. What about the Lord's eyes this morning? You know, you you can look in the eyes of a person and you can tell quite a bit. There's the, the pupils by which light enters in. It's what we see by and what you can even see in another person this morning. The book of Hebrews chapter 4. If <clears throat> You'll skip on down to about the 13th verse. Let's look at the, the traits of the eyes of the Lord for just a minute. For there... For neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. What that means is his eyes are opened, for it says in the end part of that, of whom we have to do. So the one that we are going to answer to sees all things. Now we're going to see that that's good in the sense that you can do the most secret thing and God knows it. You can do the most public thing and God knows it. Now not everything that we know uh, and see and happens is going to be seen by men. But all things are going to be seen by God. Let me see for just a minute if you will. Uh, Turn back to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 9 for just a minute. I want to read you one verse. Matthew chapter 9, I want to read you the 36th verse. For you see, every time that the Lord saw, He had a desire to relieve. And what I mean by that is, whatever God saw, He either wanted to preserve it if it was good, or He wanted to fix it if it was bad. Now let me ask you this, how much greater is our life that God preserves the good or fixes the bad? So that's why I didn't say this morning there's good news and bad news. The good news is, if there's something good in your life, God wants to preserve it. If there's something wrong in our life, God wants to fix it. That's what's transpiring him this morning. Matthew chapter 9, 36 verse. But it says, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. And were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. You see, Jesus was known for being able to see these things. He was known for being able to see into the hearts of people. You know what? Our society is very quick and is doing everything they can to look into your heart. Folks, there's one thing about it is, is the only person that knows your heart is you and God. That's it. Now we do believe and I do understand the scripture teaches us that a tree is known by the fruit it bears and I know that. But the eyes of the Lord are the only eyes that can look into your heart. And we see here in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 is that, that, that he would look into the hearts of people and he had compassion. Aren't you glad this morning that when we come together that God looks upon you and he has compassion? If things are where they should be, The compassion is to preserve that and keep that. If things are not where they should be, then aren't you glad this morning that that one that can fix your problems is the one that's able to see all these things? You see, this morning, I I believe this, that our our world today wants to fix, or I don't say wants to fix, but our world today tries to fix so many things that only God can fix. The eyes of the Lord, what what do the eyes of the Lord see in your heart this morning? And if you'll notice that one of the things uh, that we see during the ministry of Jesus is his eyes would see things not to just reveal, but so that he could have compassion on them. Folks, Jesus doesn't look in your heart, and and the Spirit of God does not look upon your heart to cause you pain and misery. The whole purpose is to bring us relief and to give us the comfort we need. John, if you will, chapter 11. Do you believe Jesus was a compassionate person? You know, there's some people today, they're not very compassionate. They're kind of the opposite of that. Uh, They cause a lot of grief and pain. But notice what we read here in the book of John, chapter 11, and in verse 33. When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. You see, Jesus was able to see the pain of this one that was was grieving uh, over uh, death is what it was. You see, today I believe that, that the Spirit of God is able to look inside of us and the eyes of the Lord are able to see pain. You and I can only feel pain. You don't see pain. You see the results of pain. If a person is kind of wincing or a person is teared up and they're crying, those are the evidence of pain. But we do not see pain. But Jesus said... He said he saw her weeping. He he understood the pain she was going through. He said, and the Jews also were weeping. And I believe that he desire was to give her comfort. Weeping which came with her and he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. You see, Jesus was not just some supernatural being that didn't feel. Folks, when he looks in your heart, he feels what's in your heart. You know what? Today, aren't you glad today to know that when you feel uh, a brokenness in your heart, that God can feel that brokenness with you. When you feel that that hard heart, that God's able to feel that, and He's able to soften that. He's able to do these things, and that's why here in John chapter eleven, it reminds us that when Jesus looks in our heart, like we saw there in Matthew chapter nine, He has compassion. Aren't you glad today that God doesn't look in our heart and say, "Well." You've got a problem in your life and there's nothing I can do about it. Aren't you glad he has compassion for I'll tell you this. If God goes into action on your behalf, things are going to change. And we see here that he looks in the heart of people. You know, I, and I often think that, Lord, when we gather together in a, in, a, in a setting like this, when God looks at our heart, notice the variety and notice all the variation, I'll say, of what's going on in our hearts. He doesn't desire just to look to reveal he has a desire to give compassion. You know what? Our world today seems like the compassion is going out the door more and more. But God, I believe, desires to have compassion. And that's what we read there in 9, chapter of the book of Matthew, in the 36th 36, 36 verse there, that when he saw the multitude, it said he was moved with compassion. There's a difference in moving people versus moving God. You know what, today God looks down upon you this morning and I believe that God will be moved by what's in your heart. Moved by the fact that it's where it should be or moved by the fact that it's where it it, it needs to be in a different place and that He can do that. God is moved by the condition of our heart this morning and it says He looked upon them and He was able to see and He was moved with compassion and see that there was a need. Our original text that we read to you there this morning in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Notice what it says. It says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Where are the eyes of the Lord? In other words, nothing can be hidden from God. And that's what he's talking about. Everything is revealed and everything is seen. I believe Proverbs chapter 15 teaches us. If I can turn over and read for just a minute. Proverbs chapter 15. Notice what he says in verse 3. Proverbs 15 and 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place. You and I sometimes, we tend or at least I'll do this, sometimes I want to turn my mind or my eyes, I should say, to things we don't want to see. It's almost like if we don't see it, it's not real. We want to maybe look at the good and not the bad, or vice versa. Sometimes people look at the bad in life and not the good. You know what I believe about God is? That He desires, or not He desires, that He sees all, the good and the bad. For notice, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, Beholding the evil and the good. What does God see? What does God see in my life? What does God see in your life? What does God see in the life of His church, in the life of His people? What does God see? Does He ever look at us and say, well, there's a problem we just, that I can't solve, we might as well just start over. Folks, today, aren't you glad that the potter never gives up on the clay? Aren't you glad this morning that that through our imperfections He can make us to where we can cleanse those and we can change who we are? The eyes of the Lord, it says here, He is able to discern. Sometimes we struggle trying to tell people what our intent is. That we didn't mean for this or we intended for that or we intended for this. You know what? I believe that God sees all things and I believe He sees good and I believe He sees evil. For that's what He says, beholding the evil... And the good. What does the Lord see? What does the Lord not see? Psalms 139. is a very familiar scripture. Let me read to you if I may. Psalms 139. In the very first verse. Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Sometimes we like to use the phrase, skeletons in closet. Sometimes we say that we all have things in our life that are hidden from the eyes of men. And you know what? That's very true. But folks, nothing's hid from God. And one of the things that makes me just want to melt before God is, is that He knows everything about me, but yet He loves me. He knows all these things about who I am and what I do and how I do it, yet He still blesses me with all the things that I have in my life. The Lord's eyes look upon me and who I am and He still blesses me. He says, Lord, you have searched me thoroughly. He has examined us and He has looked through us, not just by what others see. He knows who we are to and through. He says, Thou knowest my down sitting and my uprising.'" Lord, you know the good and you know the bad. You know everything about me. He says, thou understandest my thought afar off. He says, thou, Lord. He says, thou compassest my path and my lying down. He said, Lord, you know and you not just know everything. You comprehend everything about me. Is there anybody here this morning that's ever made this statement, I just don't get it. I don't understand it or it doesn't make any sense to me. You see, when it comes to God, He comprehends everything about us. We don't have to know. We don't have to understand for He said here, Thou compassest my path. In other words, Lord, You're able to comprehend everything about the way that I'm going. You're acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue... But lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. When the Lord looks at us and he has compassion on us and he's able to discern and, and see who we are, he knows all these things. He says, you know all these things together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Some people in this world feel like they're getting away with things. Some people feel like that they can do wrong and they're going to get away with it and they're not going to get caught. Matter of fact, we even can get caught up in the idea that other people are not going to be held accountable for the things that, that they are doing. Folks, know this. God sees all. People, human beings, have a tendency to lie. I say that's a nature that we have. And I'll tell you one of the hardest things I've ever found out is, is that there are some people in this world that are really good liars. I spent time and I'll ask stories and I'll write a story down I'll ask them again. Does the story stay the same? Does the story stay the same? And we go through all these methods. But here's the thing with God. He doesn't have to interrogate to find out the truth from, the, from a lie. He knows it from the very beginning. I struggle finding out what the truth is. But how do I know the truth when it's preached? I feel these things. How do we know the truth of so many things? We, we struggle with those things. But God is able to see all of these things. He said, and that's what he's talking about there. He said, for such knowledge that he has, there is too wonderful for me. It puzzles a lot of people that God not only sees all of our actions, Every time I may raise my hand, yes, God knows it, but I believe that God knows even the things that are in your heart right now. God knows what it is that 's in your mind. God knows the things that, that that we think on the things that we desire of. God knows all of these things, and I believe that, that that the lord's eyes look upon us not to just diagnose us with the problem but to fix our problems and help us to make us better people, folks. A society will always be better because of the eyes of the Lord are upon them and they're responding to what He is seeing in their life. You know, we often want people to evaluate work we do or people to criticize. We call it constructive criticism. Why don't you give me some constructive criticism about what what needs to be fixed, folks? If you ask God to fix your life, guess what He'll do? He'll fix your life. If you ask God to show you things in life, I believe that God will show you these things. And I believe that His eyes definitely are upon us here today. And we read to you there in the very beginning, in Hebrews chapter 4, that it says, But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. Do you believe that God sees everything? Do you believe that the Lord's eyes are powerful? Let's turn back to the book of Revelation for just a moment. In the very first chapter of Revelation. I want to read you a verse, if I may, in Revelation. Chapter 1. And let's skip down about the 14th verse. His head and his hairs were like wool, as white as snow, Notice what the eyes of the Lord and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Folks today, do you believe that God's eyes can bring judgment upon you? Now, fire often represented by judgment. Do you believe that when God looks inside of us that he sees all things and that he can fix all the things that we face here in this life? I believe that he can, and I believe that he desires to do those very things. In the book of 2 Chronicles, I'm going to read to you for just a minute. I want you to look at what Hezekiah prayed here in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 29 and in verse 6. 2 Chronicles 29 and 6. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsaken him. Again, we talk about people getting away with things. Or what, The Lord's eyes, what do they see? They've forsaken Him. They have turned away their faces from their habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. Also, they have shut up the doors of the porch and put, all, put out the lamps and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place of the God of Israel. So in other words, Lord, they've, they, they, they've shut you out. They've done away with you. Wherefore, the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he hath delivered them to trouble, to astonishment, and to hissing, and to see you with your eyes. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and your sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Hezekiah knew that the Lord, according to that eighth verse, saw their action, And to hissing as ye see with your eyes. Why did Hezekiah name all these things? He said, Lord, they've done this. They've removed the lights and they've done all this damage that they've done. But you see all. Let me ask you this. If God sees all, why do we confess it? Why? What's important about confession? You see, it's important for us To realize is that when we tell God things and we confess to God things, it's not that we bring him to be awareness. It's so that we might come to to the admission or even to the acknowledgement or even the responsibility of these things. Folks, today, a great fear that I have is people not wanting to take responsibility for what happens in this world. It's somebody else's fault or somebody the reason that these things happen. But there has to be accountability. And we have to say, God, you see these things, but you already know them. But we're confessing and acknowledging that this is the condition of things. And I believe today that that, that there's a reality that heaven is real and hell is real. And God knows your heart. God knows your condition. God knows your status here this day. And God knows all of these things about you and me here this morning. So what does God see in us? The eyes of the Lord, He said, are everywhere. Proverbs chapter 22. Notice what He says in the ninth verse. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed. For he giveth of his bread to the poor. A bountiful eye. The Lord's eyes are bountiful. Now when we say that, I want you to notice what he says here. He that hath a bountiful eye. It's a generous eye. Now, I don't think we have to talk very much to understand what it means to be generous. What would you define this morning? Somebody being generous To you, you ask for a piece of pie, and all of a sudden you get the whole pie. That's generous, right? In other words, you didn't you didn't ask for all that, but they gave you more than you ever asked for. Generous would be I need you to walk a mile, but instead they walk two miles for you. Generous would be that I need a jacket, but I'm also going to give you a toboggan and gloves and and and, and, uh, and and a scarf so that you might stay warm. Generous is going beyond not only what you ask but what you deserve. Is there anybody here this morning that would disagree with me when I say God is bountifully generous to us? Folks, today God's been good to me. God has given me more than I deserve. I don't deserve the health that I have. I don't deserve the life that I have. I don't deserve the things that I have in my life. For he says here, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed. Folks, today God sees us in the shape that we are, but look how much more he allows us to prosper in our life. For God gives us generously. Do you ever want to just stop this morning and just, just ponder for just a minute, how good has God been to you in your life? Sure, we can complain about maybe the, the the weather, which is easy to do sometimes. Sure, we can complain about how things we would like for them to be better, but I'll tell you this, folks, I've been saved by God's grace, and that is a bountiful blessing to me that God has been that generous to me that God has given me that. God is good to me, and he says, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor in other words god gives us what we need sometimes we have a hard time struggling separating our wants and our needs in life sure we all have our wants in in our life we all have the things in our life that that, that we want to check off saying well i really would like that or i like that folks name me all the things in your life that your needs that god has supplied i don't go for want of food I don't go for a walk, maybe even a, a house that I'm gonna sleep in or a bed that I'm gonna lay in one night or, you know what, God has blessed me with so many things in my life. But I go beyond that today, folks. God has given me a place that I can call, a uh, call home, but it's His church that I get to be a part of. I get to experience all these things in my life. I meet some good people that do wonderful things. And you know what? I am blessed today because what God has given me. I was once poor, but God gave me what I need. I may not have much in the eyes of the world, but I'll tell you this, I have as much riches as a person could ever have because of what God has given me. For it says here that He giveth of His bread to the poor. There's a difference And what you get from the world and what you get from God. There's a vast difference in that. For people today want the world to give and give and give and give. Folks today, we don't need manna from our neighbors. We need manna from above. We need that which only God can give out of heaven down to us here below. But sometimes it's easy for us to get satisfied saying, why don't you give me manna from my neighbor? We don't need manna from our neighbor. We need it from God. You know what, this morning I prayed that God would send manna down from heaven above, down to our lives, that we would see that He is going to give of His bread to the poor. This morning, when I say the eyes of the Lord, or the Lord's eyes, I should even say, does the Lord look at you as a poor person that has a need in your life? What do you need in your life? And He said that we are poor. Psalm chapter 13 and verse 6 says, I will sing of the Lord because He hath met bountifully... With me. Where did Noah find grace at? In the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There's a there's a lesson of itself right there that Noah could look at the Lord in his eyes, in his being of who he is, and he could find peace in that very way. And we see here says, "The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, and show Himself strong in the behalf of them that heart is perfect toward Him." Do you believe that God sees even the smallest deed that you do? God sees all things. Sometimes we want to advertise what we've done or how we've done it or why we've done it. But you know what? I believe that God sees all of these things. I believe that God knows all of these things. And I believe through all of the things that God has sees in our life, we don't have to worry about being seen by other men. We are able to be seen by God. And when God sees these things, He will bless these things. You don't have to let your left hand know. What your right hand does. And you know I I believe that our Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And I believe in these blessings that God gives us. But what does God see? The eyes of the Lord's or the Lord's eyes I should even say. The Lord's eyes they see us. And it said uh, in in our reading in the very beginning. It says but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In other words nothing can be hid I find that very interesting. It talks about much like Adam and Eve were in the garden how that they were naked and they were exposed and then all of a sudden they tried to hide themselves. But God saw who they were. You see, God sees us for who we are not for who we try to appear to be. God sees these things and that's why He says that, that we are blessed. We are blessed in that we He sees us for who we are but He desires to feed us and help us to be that But I'll tell you this about the Lord's eyes. They're very gentle. For in the Song of Solomon chapter 5. Song of Solomon chapter 5. Remember how we said Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord? The closer you get to the Lord. Let me back up. Even at the distance you're at, you can see where my eyes are. But you're going to see much more as you get closer to them you're going to see the color of them and you'll start seeing different features about them. Or, you know, you can see that the closer you get. Do you believe the closer we get to the Lord, the more that we're going to find out about Him? Song of Solomon, chapter 5, and in verse 12 says this, His eyes are the eyes of doves by the rivers of water, washed with milk and fitly set. When you get close to the Lord, notice what He says. It says, The eyes are the eyes of doves by the rivers of water. First chapter tells us this. The first chapter, in the 15th verse Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast doves eyes does anybody here have an idea what doves eyes are the lord's eyes it's almost like a a, a two people that were in love that said your eyes are like that of a dove you know there's a gentleness if you'll read about a dove and you know not just back in the days of Noah, that the dove is often sent in gentleness. And that's why the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove because there's a gentleness about the Spirit of God. You know what he says here? He says, your eyes are like that. You know, the eyes of the Lord are not meant to bring, we read in Revelation now that they were fire and judgment, but his desire is not to bring you torture and pain in your life, but it's to bring you peace and contentment in your life. He says, behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove eyes, which is the gentleness of the Lord. The fruits of the Spirit talks about gentleness. You can read that there in the book of Galatians if you want to turn over and read that. It talks about the gentleness is there. But what is a person that is gentle, what are they? Is it how they deal with themselves or how they deal with others? This is something I want you to follow for just a minute. Solomon said, and we read there in the Song of Solomon, these people looked at each other and said, you've got dove's eyes. There's a gentleness about you. Gentleness means how you handle other people. Folks, today let me ask you something. This is a very personal question. But how does God handle you? How does God treat you? How does He handle you? What does God do for you in your life? You see today, I believe that God deals with me gently. I believe he deals with me lovingly, I deal he deals with me kindly, he deals with me compassionately, and, and we see here in the, the book of Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit is that it's all about how someone else Deals towards somebody else. They're mild and they're meek and they're gentle and they're caring and they're loving and they're nurturing. That is what a person that we're reading about here this morning uh, that is gentle, it's how they are towards another person. Today, folks, how is God towards you? Does He love you? Does He give you kindness? Does He give you compassion? Does He take care of us? For i want to read you a verse and I'm going to close in the the book of Titus chapter 3. And in verse... 2, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. You know today, folks, aren't you glad that God is gentle to us? Aren't you glad today that God overlooks our faults? But you know what? One of the hardest things i found out in life is this, is that what we expect and what we like and what we want is not always what it's easy to do for others. It's not easy for us to show kindness to somebody else. It's not easy for us to always be gentle to others. It's easy for us to want it, but not to give it. It's easy to want love instead of give love. It's easier to want the food than it is to give the food. It's easier to want grace instead of give grace. It's always easier to receive than it is to give. And that's why it is more blessed to give than to receive. Because it's not easy to do. It's not our nature. And blessed just means the happiness of our life. We find joy in life when we're willing and able to give. For I'm going to hush in just a moment. It talks about how in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. And I'm going to go back and close there. Verse 11 says, Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. In other words, what we're striving for let any man fall under the same example of unbelief, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, getting deep down inside of us, and of the joints of the marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Notice what he said here it is a discerner. It's able to nobody else can judge but the Spirit and the Word can. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The Lord's eyes this morning. Do they look upon you to help you or do they look upon you to bring shame? Sometimes when I knew I was in trouble and I'm going to hush. Sometimes I had done things. Well, I should rephrase that. A lot of times when I would do things. Sometimes all it took was somebody watching me. You know, a lot of times I wanted to hide from that look because I knew that they knew. And when I knew that, I knew there was a consequence that was going to happen. But you see, this morning, God sees all things. But when He looks upon you, what does He see? He sees a person that's where they need to be. He'll keep you there. If it needs some changing in your life, God will do that. So this morning, I want us to get a song. What are the Lord's eyes doing with you this morning? Is the Lord looking upon you? As we stand together, Brother Larry, and sing a song.